0: Hey, I'm Jesse, and I'm a long way from Florida. (laughs) Let's look at Matthew chapter 15, verse 29. Moving on from there, Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee. He went up on a mountain and sat there, and large crowds came to him, including the lame, the blind, the crippled, those unable to speak, and many others. They put them at his feet, and he healed them. So the crowd was amazed when they saw those unable to speak talking, the crippled restored, the lame Walking and the blind seeing, and they gave glory to the God of Israel. It's a potent text in just a few verses. This comes immediately before the feeding of the 4,000, which was in our sermon this past weekend. We looked at this feeding of the 5,000, the feeding of the, the, the 4,000, and in the middle we have numerous healings. These, just like the feeding of the 5,000 and the 4,000, which by the way could have been really more like 15,000 and 12,000. They were deliberate healings. They were intentional miracles. There was more even than the healing of the blind and the lame. Each of these is also prophesied 700 years prior in the next book that we're studying as a ministry, Isaiah 35. Verses 5 and 6, Then the eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame will leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute will sing for joy. For water will gush in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. This is the title of a famous Puritan devotional, Streams in the Desert. And it's about the coming of Christ. All of this indicates that Jesus is the Messiah. All of these are fulfillments of what Isaiah had prophesied 700 years before the events of this text. That's where we're heading. That's the next book that we study, from Matthew to Isaiah, because you see these overlaps. It's really, really incredible. So he moved on from there. He went into the Sea of Galilee. This is where we're moving into Gentile territory. He went up on a mountain and he sat there. This is the rabbinic posture of teaching. Large crowds came to him, including the the lame, the blind, the, the crippled, those unable to speak, and many others. These are all the categories of those who were prophesied in Isaiah 35 to have been healed. I mean, to the letter, exactly what was foretold by God through the prophet Isaiah. All of these people come forward. These people may have been born blind so that they could be healed by Jesus, born lame so that they could run and leap like a deer in a fulfillment of Isaiah. These people may have been unable to speak so that the very first words they ever spoke were songs of praise upon being healed by Jesus. We saw this in John chapter 9, that if they were born with these afflictions in particular, but not exclusively, this was done so that the works of God might be displayed through them. Look at this event through the perspective of the lame, formerly lame, the blind, formerly blind. Look at those who came to Jesus and were healed, asking themselves their entire lives, why am I unable to see? Why am I unable to speak? God, why has this happened to me? And it happened so that God had set the stage for a miracle through them. They were playing a part through their afflictions in an ancient prophecy fulfilled. It was all about Jesus, and it led to redemption. I'm not preaching to anybody right now. Have you wondered why your state of affliction? Sometimes we suffer because we're stupid. Other times we suffer just because we live in a sin-stricken, fallen world. There are times, however, wherein our afflictions, which are beyond our control, circumstances that are beyond our ability to influence, things that we inherit as afflictions, these can be the stage set for a miracle. That was the case for the lame, the blind, the mute, who now run and see and sing. It's absolutely exquisite. These people were brought to Jesus, and verse 30 says that they were placed at His feet. Would you take a moment to consider those in your life who need to see, those in your life who who need to hear the, the gospel, they need to be saved, would you place them at Jesus' feet in prayer? Verse 31 says, The crowd was amazed when they saw those unable to speak, talking, the crippled restored, the lame walking, the blind seeing... This is a testimony and it's a physically tangible testimony. It's a physically visible testimony. I look at that guy, he was unable to see and now he's looking me in the eye. I I know that man, he's been unable to walk and now he is leaping like a deer. I know that person, I've never heard him or her speak but now I hear their voice for the very first time. This is the evidence of the before and the after of an encounter with Christ. There's nothing more convincing when it comes to evangelism than a transformed life. I was this before Christ and then I met Jesus and now I can see, I can speak, I can run. This is the effect that Christ has on us and you have your own Christian and no one, no one, no one can dissuade you of it because you know exactly the effect that the Holy Spirit's holy invasion has wrought upon your formerly broken life and has restored you, though you still live in a wretched state wherein we have the Holy Spirit of God living within us alongside our sin nature that would have yet to be rid of until we're glorified in heaven above, but you know the effect that God has had on you. Do you see how sometimes when we as Christians get caught up in aging dinosaur bones, we miss the point of the gospel completely? Rather, let this be your testimony. I was lame and now I can walk. I was blind and now I can see. These are evidential testimonies in the greatest sense of evidentialism. Evidentialist apologetics, meaning arguing from evidence, has its flaws. But this kind of evidentialist apologetics, this kind of argument for God's existence, this is what God has done in my life, it's irrefutable. It's irrevocable. It's indisputable proof of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the exclusion of every other religious worldview. And it is inviting. It is effective. There was a reason for these healings. The final word of the text says that they gave glory to the God of Israel. That same God of Israel who spoke through the prophet Isaiah was bringing to fulfillment what generations had long sought right before their eyes. This wasn't the God of the Egyptians that accomplished this. The gods of the Egyptians have been disproven By the plagues of Egypt, this wasn't the Greco-Roman gods enforced upon them by the Roman Empire. This was Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, Yahweh, right there before them. The God of Israel had come at last. That is a powerful testimony. Now, as New Testament believers, we likewise have testimonies. I do believe that God miraculously heals too, to this day. But the kinds of healings that every one of us can identify with, These are our spiritual healings, God's deliverance from our sin, God's healing of our marriages. There are people in our church who were homeless and now have homes. There are marriages that were on the brink that are now strong. There are people whose lives were in a downward death spiral who are now, to the glory of God, walking in repentance and leading others to the same hope. There are people in our church who have been healed. We've seen God do amazing things, but every single one of us has a story about what the Holy Spirit has done. Let other people look and be amazed as the ancient, long-prophesied Messiah is still at work in our church today.